Seattle. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Turin Giants podcast number 210. It's a beautiful day here. We're drinking. We're hanging out. I got, I got Dash. I got Lucas. And I got our special guest returning. The return of Rav. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. I'm good. Are you sipping on anything by any chance? I am sipping on a... Uh, is this French or Belgian? I think it's Belgian. Kronenberg. Yeah, some like ha, nice... ha, ha. very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's Rav's <laughs> tradition. Rav, Rav always um, he requests the, the the later podcast so he can <laughs> sip on some with us. Uh, well, by the way, cheers, a little tecate. I got a little cheers. shot for later. Cheers, boys. Cheers, cheers and guys. pomegranate wine for Lucas. Yep, looks delicious. Uh, cheers, boys. Yeah, it's 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 awesome to have you guys back, and I'm speaking to the listeners. Did I mention the discount? Yeah, this is episode number 210. You can head to TurinGiants.com and claim your 15% discount. As always, just type in 210 at checkout. We've got a few things to talk about. The listeners dropped their questions, as always, for Rav. He's a, he's a hot commodity. We're, we're glad to, <laughs> to, to get him on the podcast. He's got a lot of things going on. You can, you can follow Rav at Juve News Live, a great um, Twitter page for all the Juve Juve fans. We'll touch on the game against Roma. We want to hear a couple of words that Rav thought about the game. And we'll discuss the win, the, the all-important win against Freiburg yesterday. What a game, huh? What an atmosphere. Can we have Freiburg fans at the stadium at all times? <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was honestly waiting for it because I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, no, he's not going there. I'm like, oh, he went there and we're only a minute in. I mean, you, you add drums and that's all you literally need. If you have that little background music going on a little bit, just allow drums. Come on. But anyways, we'll, we'll talk all about that. Ways to listen to us is pretty much any, uh, any podcast platform. Let's touch on YouTube. Dash is the main man on YouTube right now. Dash, speaking of Freiburg, um, do you, you guys had a watch along and there was a bunch of Freiburg friends are pretty dedicated, loyal fans, aren't they? Yeah, so you know what was interesting was um, kind of giving you guys a little bit of our, our German incursion per se. So Dave and I were thinking of doing, so we, we have a segment called the Double Take where we pick something that's trending on Twitter and we Dave and I kind of do like a Skip and Shannon first take kind of thing. So we decided to do something on Freiburg because nobody, there's no content on Freiburg. So we're just like, hey, you know, let's do it a week and a half in advance. And we did it. That video blew up. Um, it was, you know, it's our best video by far viewed. Um, and the thing is, is Dave and I were looking at the demographics and 82% of our viewers were from Germany at one point. <laughs> so it was a bunch of, bunch of wow. Freiburg fans and, you know, and a lot of them were, you know, and you know, you had the feedback where a lot of them were super excited, like, Hey, you know, we're excited to be playing against you guys. And, you know, we finally have someone that's covering our team and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then what we did was, uh, Dave uh, last minute scheduling adjustment for him. So kudos to Dave. Uh, so Dave was able to host a watch along. So he got Lucas, he got uh, some actual like fans from that followed Fantastic. us from Twitch. So we got some, some of our Twitch supporters because usually we cover live games on Twitch for Juve, but this time Beppe was doing it. So we were on our channel. So we had some supporters from Twitch that would hop in. We had Zachy. Uh, he came in. I came in. Frankie, another viewer came in. So uh, it, it's one of those things where we experimented doing the watch party and it was super successful where we had a bunch of viewers come in 
15, 20 minutes, speak their piece, hop out. Uh, and then as well as, again, when we're looking at the analytics, uh, we had 21% German uh, German region folks watching our watch along. So I uh, guess that's we've got, awesome, you know, man. some I'm, secondary Freiburg fans. That's fantastic. I mean, I always say what what you guys are doing, the the approach you're taking to YouTube and uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. Please join us on and subscribe on YouTube slash Turin Giants. The boys over there, I hop in and out, but I am I am in no way involved in the production or anything. You guys are you guys are fantastic. Thank you for Lucas and Huffs for you know for hopping on. He's uh, he's a, he's been a great addition to our to our little family here. Speaking of family, Rav, it's all about you, baby. We got questions for you. Uh, please tell us please tell us how the the Twitter adventure has been going on because I know you you're on you you your passion is Juve and spreading the news and. If you follow any of the pages, please follow Rob at Juve News Live. If you want weighted opinions, if you don't want garbage on your on your timeline as far as news, <laughs> how 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 I know it keeps you busy, but uh, it's worth it, isn't it? it it's been I, I think the last seven or eight months have, have kind of been uh, interesting. It is the uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the, the polite way of saying it. It's been a uh, I don't know, I think it's been a roller coaster every day, something new every day, a new yeah. wiretap every day, a new scandal every day, a new, I don't know, something, anything. So, yeah. yeah so before coaster. before we get into the before we get into the questions, uh, so just because you are reprimanding a player who kicked an opposition player and he just happens mm-hmm. to be black, you're a racist, correct? Oh yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, learned the fact from, that from I'm my a, post I'm as a, well. <laughs> the fact that I'm a, a person of color and my, and my partner happens to be. Um, well, I, anyway, not that's going insane. into any of that, but yeah, yeah, just that's that's so <laughs> insane. That's so insane because you, you know you will meet a kinder, more gentler person than Rav, and I oh. see this question and I'm like, oh my god, that that follower really went there, didn't he? And then I get the same thing. I didn't even bother replying, but Rob was like, "What? What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, just a, it's such a crazy on, thing that somebody, Twitter. yeah, some somebody might take their time and write out because you're commenting on an action, you're automatically racist. But you know, we're we're we love everyone on this podcast. You guys know this. Um, yeah, that takes care of that. But should we get into the questions, Rob? People, people yeah. want to know your opinions. We got, we got our regulars. We got Amit, Rami, Mike, Lindsay P, and Patrick sending their questions. Uh, and of course, the boys chime in. Chime in. We love your opinions. I'll, I'll pull up, up the Dash? questions. On. I'm going to pull up the questions on screen so you guys can read them. Oh, I have them in front of me. But yeah, sure. That that helps. Look at look at that production value, baby. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. All right. Shout outs to Amit. I want to uh, I want to read his um, his question first. Whoever wants to go, just raise their hand. Well, um, who should we keep and let go in midfield in the summer for the next season, factoring in those currently out on loan? So, yeah, we discussed this um, on this podcast many times, how many midfielders we really have. And it's no question that some of them will leave. Uh, Rav, who, um, the, the question goes on. Do we need to bring in an experienced ball winner to balance all the young exciting midfield talent that we have yes boys floor is yours <laughs> uh i, I kind of got my phone up in front of me so i i 
am looking at the midfield that we have, and I, I think of the players that we've got, um, we need to keep Locatelli. We need to keep, goodness, who else? Uh, Pogba, obviously. Um, I think we can afford to let Rabio go. We've got youngsters. We've got Fagioli. We've got Miretti. We've got Rovella. Um, the only ones that I'm not 100% sure, and I think is is Zakaria. Uh, Artur, I'm, I don't think that guy is ever going to play for Juventus or at least play well for Juventus by by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, Zakaria is the only one that I feel a little bit kind of, I'm not sure about. And McKenney, I think, is probably out the door anyway. So if you look at that, it's okay. It, it's not bad, but I just wonder where is the, the creativity side going to come from? Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it's a, a good base to sort of start with. We get rid of the players that need to go and maybe if we can afford to sign a, a, some kind of creative can, talent. Hmm. I know this This is just like a little side quest. One sentence answer. Do you think Bonucci is gone next year? Yes. From from anything you're reading, is he gone? Isn't his, Hang on. His contract is due to end next the following no, season for the following season yeah sorry um oh, i see I, I read some rumors that because he's not playing frequently that i think he was linked with spurs i think but that was wayne conte was actually sort of doing well there but uh i, I don't think he'll leave before his contract is up no i don't think so man the, the, uh, he's a shadow of himself isn't he he's reliable enough i think to just sort of come on and see out a game when we're we're already winning um, and maybe play against those games like like this weekend against Sampdoria or something like that. But at the top level, I, I don't think... I, I don't even know he's, he's... I don't even know he's fit enough or strong enough anymore to do a whole game against even Sampdoria. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, like I said, it was just a little side quest, mm. quest, side quest question. Uh, I noticed when when he came on, uh, he was like the last man standing. And that was kind of fun to see the team push up a little bit. Um, but anyway, going back to the question, is there a wish list? I want to go through, you know, all of you guys and see what you guys think. Is there a wish list guy? Money is no, uh, is no issue. Who do you get in the midfield? For, for me personally, I, I think we have the guys on loan already. I think uh, I think Locatelli can be pushed in, for me personally, into that eight role to replace Rabio. Uh, we saw a little bit of, of that in the Italy Euros. Um, I think he could be somebody that fills that role, and I would like to see him higher up the pitch. He has a nice shot on him and some progressive passing. Um, I think Rovella is going to be a very key, key player uh, to kind of play under Locatelli and clean up some of his mess. Um, and clean up Pogba's mess. But I, I like what Rav was saying with Zachariah. I think if, if any of the players on loan that are an Italian that we've sent out recently, I think Zachariah has the most potential uh, to kind of fill that Rabio role uh, now that he is departing. But it's just kind of the stuff that he has said over the last few months and just Chelsea's <laughs> money. I, I don't see that likely happening. McKenny looks gone as well. And Arthur, I would love to uh, to have like a bounce back story, right? But the likelihood of that happening, um, just 
it just makes losing Bjanic even more worse every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> unfortunately. So I kind of want to bring up a quick idea uh, because we are mentioning McKenney and Archer. Um, Leeds is in a relegation battle right now. So if Leeds loses the relegation battle, McKenney's getting sent back to us 100%. Um, and the other thing, too, just food for thought for Artur, is Artur has not played a first-team game all season. Um, I believe he yeah. might have got a couple minutes, and then he got injured, and then Klopp sent him to the under-23s for Liverpool, and he's not been back since, um, from what I've I haven't been haven't been hurt since. Yeah, so the thing is, is uh, movement-wise, um, again, let's play devil's advocate here. Uh, Leeds gets relegated, McKenney comes back, uh, Zakiria gets sent back, and then Artur gets sent back. Um, my main concern is, how are we going to move Artur? Because we're going to take a loss either. We buy him out, we have to buy him out of his contract, because he signed a five-year deal in um, 2020. So he's going to be a very, very difficult asset to move. And then you guys go ahead. Mm. I, I think he yeah, will leave. I, I think um, I, I can't see any way that he comes into that team, especially if Allegri stays next season, which is a whole other question that maybe we can touch on. But I, I can't see a position for him. And I think it, it kind of feels like that sort of situation where I know he's been injured for most of the season, but he maybe he gets a, a minute or two at the end of the season at Liverpool, comes back, and then Juve and him sort of sit down in the summer and say, okay, why don't we why don't we come to some kind of agreement here and we both sort of move on and you go on your merry way. But I, I, I just can't see any position in that midfield, the way that they're playing now, where he would play and play the way that he likes to play you know like have so much time on the ball and kind of look around and pick out the pass and really kind of relaxed it just feels like i don't know it doesn't feel like our midfield has that that kind of time anymore. yeah no for sure for sure yeah it's just the thing for me is the the financial aspect of it moving them yeah. is going to be the issue mm -hmm. definitely I, I think um that's kind of the beauty of these youngsters that they're all net positive. So if we need to take a financial loss with Artur and send him back to Brazil and just call it a day and have our hands wrapped up and just be like, we're done, go back to Brazil. We we, we lost money, that's fine. Mm. But we have, you know, Renocchio, we have Fajoli, we have Moretti, we have these young guys that didn't cost us anything. And we could integrate them in or we could sell them and make that money back on, on Artur. Um, that that's my view on it. I, I don't see him getting back into the squad uh, like M McKenny or Zachariah possibly could. Yeah, and I get it. It's yeah, just one of those things. Uh, it's just one of those things we have to look at because technically, guys, we're still in the books for Douglas Costa. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> my god, goodness. we're wow. still yeah. Technically, we're still on the books for Douglas Costa. No, our, so. our our management is is spot on, aren't they? <laughs> I heard Dino. I heard. I heard Dino Zoff is still in the book on the books. Allegedly, allegedly. I think. I think uh, Marco. Is it Marco Piazza? I think he's still technically on loan from Juve <laughs> to somewhere. Yes, and, he is. He oh is. Uh, that Eppoli. Yeah. Um, he you know the, the great hope. He's the the irony of it was was his contract expired at the end of the season. Um, instead of just you know cutting ties and shipping him out or whatever. They're like, hey, let's renew him for another year or two and send him on loan to Empoli because that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish we would take a Real Madrid approach sometimes. You know, 
Real Madrid is is a model for me. It's if you're not producing, we love you as a person, but you you, you there's a certain standard that for some reason the Juve of of last six seven years that's become a norm. You know, Juve has always yeah. been. There's a standard we have to follow, and you know, Rugani. I don't I don't even know what he's doing with his life. I don't know why the <laughs> Shilu is still a thing. I don't know. I mean, obviously, this is something, some frustrations that millions of Euro fans share. I'm not, you know, discovering anything new here. But, yeah, I mean, there's so much dead wood on the team right now. And and every year, there seems to be a new player that will come back. And like Zakaria, I mean, it's, what are the chances he's going to come back and just be, you know, prime Iniesta? If we tried, uh, uh, you know, loan deal, and that's it. We're stuck. But you know, what do I? Yeah, know? and the and the and the beauty of that, what you're saying is per se too, is um, I don't think we've sent a player out on loan and then have him come back. Um, and I'm saying this more so as an older player, not like Fajoli, but like for example, we haven't sent out a player where we're like, oh man, we're actually excited to get this guy back. Like, holy crap, this guy absolutely dominated where he was. <laughs> like, we haven't had that mm-hmm. in such a long time. Where it's like, I, um, I am I am excited uh, to see my Kenny back. We. Actually, we did that with Keane when he went to Hellas Verona, and then that whole debacle happened of PSG and Everton. So I, I don't know yeah. what happened there, but Keane did do well at Hellas uh, Verona, and then you have uh, Fajoli who did well at Cremonese. You have I mean, Rivella I mean who's so, doing well. Right I mean, more so well. like older. I'm meaning like older, not like 16, 17 year olds. I'm like, oh, saying you're like, saying yeah. within the last like, yeah, 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 10, 15 yeah. years, but yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Speaking of speaking of Keane, we should mention that he is a Juventus player as of two days ago. Twenty-eight million euros to per, twenty-eight. Man, this is so nice. Twenty-eight for Keane. But that that aside, um, I don't want to be called a racist, so I'll only say nice things about Keane. Uh, I love his reels. I still have. I, I love it. Do you? Do you really? really? Let's talk, let's Seriously. talk about Keane for a couple of minutes. Come on, Rav, talk to me. One hundred and ten percent. I think um, there was there was such a promising young talent in him when he when he was sort of 16 17 he was tearing up the the sort of youth setup um and then he broke into the first team i think he scored eight eight goals that season and then we for some reason decided to well i I know the reason was because we just wanted to cash in on him but um he goes to everton he, he doesn't adapt i think there's maybe some issues off the pitch he goes to psg and he becomes a super reliable striker off the bench he just keeps scoring and helps them see out games and i just feel like there is something under all that there's there's issues with you know his attitude sometimes that he can be a bit kind of petulant and all that kind of stuff but if you scrape all that away underneath there is a really phenomenal young player who just is very very low on on confidence and has a lot of fans on his back and i think if he were to be playing somewhere else starting games I, I think he's like a 10, 15 goal striker a season in a consistent team. I really do. I think he's he's got something there. 100%. Yeah. He's not a Casano when it comes to mental case, but he's just mm. low on confidence and he's young. He he doesn't yeah. have he doesn't present an attitude problem like of course he had that kick, but that's it happens. Every young player has that one moment and this is just happens to be his one moment. Mm. But uh he we 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 were talking about it recently. It just he doesn't he doesn't have like a signature MO of how he scores goals. Yeah. He came into the squad being this fast, 
uh, pace dribbler out wide, very similar to like a layout. He scored some simple goals, but like he had like a, he was starting to build an MO. And then now you don't know kind of where to put him in and what facet of the game he really excels in. Um, and obviously bringing in Volohovic, you could tell really messed with his confidence big time. Um, and then you have the likes of Milik and Kyle George and some of these wingers as well. So it's like, where, where does Keen fit into this team? And he has the talent and he has, he, he has all the skills to be talented in a very top Italian striker and a really good, possibly backup, see the game out type of striker. Hmm. So. I think, I think there's a couple mm. of things. There's a couple of things with Keen. Um, so I, I still blame Sari for sending him out because Sari wanted to bring it uh, back Higuain because Higuain was on the, so the season that, you know, Moise Keen took off was Ronaldo's first season and Keen was besides Manzukic, the only striker on the squad. So Keen got the opportunity and got the momentum going. Um, Maurizio Sari, when he came in, he wanted Higuain because Higuain was on loan to AC Milan and Chelsea respectively that season. And uh, again, Baratishi with, you know, the wizardry of deals that he does um, decides to send him to Everton for 30 million. Uh, and the thing is, is Keane was being touted at Everton as being their savior at the number nine position, because again, Keane, lengthy, speed, pace, everything. Um, the thing is, is, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this or remember this, but he was kind of getting busted up by Mancini uh, for having attitude issues with Zaniolo. Mm-hmm. Um, Mancini actually omitted him and Zaniolo from the squad because they were dicking around, showing up late to practice and other things as well. So when he left Italy, I don't know if the hype got to him a little bit, but he kind of, you know, scrambled his eggs a little bit. And then going to PSG where he was able to find some consistency, I think from a physical aspect, um, cause we can say that he has a confidence issue. It makes sense. I think all of our strikers this season have a confidence issue besides Milik, but, um, I think with Moise oh, Keane, <laughs> but um, so, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but Moise Keane gained a lot of muscle mass, um, from when About we last fifteen saw him. pounds he put on. So Keane, Keane got f- really. How, how do you guys know this? What the hell, <laughs> hey man, we're gotta, gotta, we got we need to have something. We can't just sit there and say Moisey King did this and not stay that for it. I love it. I love it. I I've got um, a strong crew here, man. I am slowly becoming the weakest link, and I'm fine with it. But anyway, so, get, how do you? How the fuck do you gain 15 pounds of muscle, dude? He's a beefy dude, boy. He's, he was yeah. young. Huge. I mean, he's still like 20. You know, I mean, I'm I'm 25. I mean, I could tell you all my guy friends. They put on. 15, 20 pounds in their early 20s very easily. You got all that testosterone. You're working. You got the best doctors and best uh, equipment at Juventus. It should be easy as a striker to put on 15 pounds. And and I think he also, he also, because like there's clips of him just manhandling Vlahovic. Like he ragdolls Vlahovic in training. So he's a very beefy dude. Um, I think the problem though, and, and this is me talking from a coaching aspect. Moise Keane does not know how to use his body. Um, you can watch it in games where he's very clumsy, klutzy per se when he moves. He doesn't have that pace anymore. Like, for example, if we saw some of the runs that he did against Freiburg, where he had yeah, the ball in the middle and he's trying to surge forward, 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, Keane lofts it forward and just books it past everybody. Correct. This Moise Keane's a lot more stockier, not as quick. Like, for example, 
and people don't shoot me on this one, but like, for example, he's similar to Victor Oisiman as far as clumsiness. Cause like Victor Oisiman is a very clumsy striker. If you look at him, his body language, the way that he runs and moves clumsy, same thing with Keen. The only difference is, is Oisiman's confidence is on cloud nine. And that guy apparently can see the future because he knows when the goalkeeper is going to tip the ball and where it's going to be for a tap. And Keen doesn't have that, but I, and I'm with Rav on this one. Keen could be very, very good. It's just Keen needs to develop aspects to it. He needs to essentially adjust his play style to his body. He's kind of gangly, if, you know, like in the same way Osman is. He's like kind of all limbs in, in one regard. But um, I, I think the other thing is maybe being, uh, what I think he's only 23, but yeah. everything that's sort of come before, like you were talking about with Mancini sort of um, dropping him from the team and, and what, what's happened recently, the fans booing him, this kind of stuff. I think maybe that is starting to weigh on him a little bit and he just needs, he, yeah. maybe he's at that kind of fork in the road. Like he, he goes one way or he goes the other way. And I'm yeah. hoping he, yeah. you know, realizes his he, potential. All right. Well, he, I'm glad. I think we'll, we'll finish up after yeah. this. Go ahead, Lucas. I was just going to say quickly, like if he learns how to use his head, his it, it cleans up the clumsiness a little bit. He has the ability to kind of be the modern day without the tenacity, but uh, Manzukic, he is a very similar kind of mm. role that he's kind of building into. If he could do it right, or yeah. even like a like a Milik, or if he could get the tenacity from Milik and learn to use his body like Manzukic, like I said, you put that guy on twenty five minutes into the end of the game, he's he's gonna he's gonna kill you. He really is. But again, we have Georgie, Vlahovic, Milik, Chiesa. Like, where does he's he's going to keep losing his confidence when he's up against those guys? Yeah, a Cu couple more things just to finish up on Keane. Uh, somebody mentioned that he needs to start the games. I really hope he finds that starting starting spot. Maybe that's the reason why he's not getting enough playtime. Playing in training is different than playing in front of the fans. Yeah. And another thing, I mentioned that I feel like he hit his ceiling. And we'll just keep, you know, keep having him on the squad back and forth. He's going to have a couple of good games here and there. Uh, but I really hope I'm wrong. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, just don't want him to end up in a middle, you know, mid-table team by the age of 28 and just be, have nothing to show for it. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully now that he belongs to a team, he's, you know, he'll, and maybe that, you know, cake, if he's smart, he'll change the way his career is going. Uh, Cheers, a little tequila for our boy Keen. Um, yeah, uh, wait, let's raise our glasses and let's move on to another problem. You just, there. You just pulled guys. that out of nowhere, guys. Moise <laughs> Keen. <laughs> cheers, salud. Uh, cheers, yeah. All right, we got the, anyway, somebody. The next question. Oh, that's good stuff. Somebody, uh, somebody. Let's let's spend. We'll get to the questions. Let's spend literally a couple of minutes on Vlaovic. Uh, your ideas, what's going on. Clearly, the, from what I see, the body language is not the same. He used to be that guy that was laughing and smiling and doing people's celebrations. There's a whole, you know, history of him uh, imitating players. Something went wrong before that World Cup. I don't know if it's that scandal that unveiled with... I don't even know the whole detail because I feel dirty even, like, sure. discussing so, yeah. that. It's all alleged, but allegedly, yeah, um, he was hooking up with the second goalkeeper's wife. Allegedly, not even first. Not even first. Come I on, thought man. it was the. I thought it was the third. Second or third? <laughs> it was a reserve goalkeeper. Come on, 
Come on, I think he, he, he's got to make he's got to make up for it and just bang the coach's wife. Dude. That's the only hey, way. That, no wonder why he just had recurring adductor issues. I mean, that's that's how you blow your adductor out. <laughs> Hello, putting in work, baby. <laughs> with sock with uh, socks on. Yeah, with socks. On. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, going back to being respectful adults, uh, I really hope he gets out of that slump. Any 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 ideas you guys have? Anything? Maybe maybe it's not in his head. Maybe it's just something on the field. And uh, you know, you guys are the experts. Any any ideas on how to bring Vlahovich back? I'll help him out. I, I'll fly. I'll fly to Turin. <laughs> I think what you said, I think there's that issue before the World Cup. I think he was uh, injured before the World Cup. He went to the World Cup not being 100%. There was that scandal that kind of emerged. Um, then he comes back and he's still not 100%. I think he had some kind of, did he have a surgery? I can't remember. But, you know, he, he's been battling that for God he's knows had, how long. He's had groin issues. Yeah. But uh, is it for, yeah. for Belgia? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah something like that. And it, it feels like he just, it, it kind of feels like it's a, an issue of that combined with maybe just, again, similar to Keane, maybe not feeling entirely confident in front of goal. Strikers rely on just being consistent. You know, you get one goal, then you get another and another and another, and you just kind of build on that and it keeps going forward. But for him, it's like hit the post, uh, shot goes wide, free kick is saved by the goalkeeper, et cetera, et cetera. And if it, when it doesn't go for you, it just doesn't go for you. And then you, I think especially in Italian football as well, you start to get not sort of superstitious, but you start to think, okay, everything's kind of conspiring against me. The, the coach takes you off at 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 50 minutes. Um, you know, like you get frustrated. It's, it's not ideal. And I think he, all he needs is a goal, I mean, <laughs> just a, a goal. That's it. That's the solution. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. The, I mean, before you know it, we might be talking about his uh, streak of goals. It's just that one. I've never played striker. Um, they would not let me. But <laughs> I, I, I do feel like it's, it's, you know, every position has its, has its mental roadblocks in your career. And you know, strikers obviously, if you score one, you get that confidence back. You get the love back. Um, yeah, it's a tough situation. Obviously, we'll, we're, we're pulling for him. Vlaovic, I mean, we got dozens of teams just chomping at the bit, trying to get that guy. And we have one of the best strikers in the world going through a tough time. Um, but, yeah, we all wish him the best. But and come that, on, man. Step, does, step up your game, baby. Come on. That does beg the question, how much time do we offer him when we do have Keane, Milik, and Georgie as well? when we have the ability to make some good money because he does have market value and we do need to build, you know, some wing back uh, wing backs and other areas around the squad. How much time do we give him opposed to someone like Keen who doesn't have that market value right now, doesn't have that time. And if he's not going to be scoring and we spent 75 million euros on him, when do we cash in and just say, all right, we'll put up that money elsewhere and work with these other top strikers, not the best in the world like Velahovic, but still top strikers and give better service in areas. And yeah, I've been, those, I've been seeing, you know. I've been seeing your tweets, by the way, what's your Twitter handle, Lucas? Lucas is a brand new addition. He's a 
bright dude we're, we're so happy to have you what's your uh twitter handle because you got like 40 followers we got to get those numbers those are rookie numbers baby <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> ld and then i added turin giants now so ld uh is it underscore, under, underscore underscore uh turin, turin giants yeah so yeah, I, yeah I, I, I i'm just... not too crazy about you i'm not too crazy about you selling off our vlaovic for uh i I was so happy when we got him, and all of a sudden, Lucas over here is 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 giving him away to Arsenal. Uh, put put him on I'm the transfer market. No, but. I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Milik, the milkman, um, and I was a huge fan of uh, Kyle George coming in. I just wasn't like big on Olhovich when he came in. Like, I thought he was too much, and like, and then when he came in, like, I there's just certain parts of his attitude, like I. I didn't fall into, oh, he's got this green thing. He's got this Juve DNA. I'm just like, maybe it's all for show. He's getting beautiful service from Dybala and Quadrado and some of these guys. And then now he has this goal score and drought. I'm like, to me, he's like a McKenny or it's like he has this market value. If he's not producing, then maybe we let him go because we do have like strong guys below him. It's not like we're starving in the striker area. So I, I, I would love for him. To yeah. be the reason why we, I don't know, we become Lucas. a top club again, I would love it. But if he's not the path for us to be a top club again, maybe we try other avenues. Uh, maybe I feel we like do the... try different avenues, Lucas. I think it's been a yeah. fun partnership for three podcasts, but I think we put it's time we mute your mind <laughs> and part with <laughs> you. You, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yeah, I yeah. mean, that's crazy. Uh, but you know, that's. Uh, I was talking to someone about a sports podcast yesterday, and they said that I hate when people all agree on one thing because it doesn't make for. But but I obviously you're not doing it for the show, but I do appreciate that you do. Maybe somebody feels the same way who's listening to us, you know. But I disagree. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a couple of goals and uh, Kiesa being full time available. That partnership is gonna. Hey, maybe he's just waiting for his friend. You know, he's just really sad. Vlaovic <laughs> is missing out. I gotta say, I kind uh, of feel the, the yes, same Rob. way as Lucas. Like, uh, I'm not God saying. Damn it! Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, We're done. Cut, 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 dash, cut it. No. Rob, salute, man. Go ahead, Rob. Salute, salute, bro. Uh, I'm not Cheers, saying buddy. definitely sell him, sell him. But what I would say is that okay, like the the Juventino and me say 12 years ago when a player says, "I want to leave this club to come to Juventus," I'd be like, "Yeah." amazing keep that guy at juve for life he fought to come to juve all that kind of stuff blah 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 the kind of cynical jaded juventina that i am now like after prisma and plus valenza and everything else is going on i'm i'm kind of thinking okay we're in debt we may not qualify for the champions league they may uphold this points penalty we may not have money to spend we've got this amazing asset who isn't scoring goals who we could probably sell to some other team for a over 100 million euros which would then fund mm. a couple of young italian uh left backs right backs a new center back maybe even a new striker maybe even a new midfielder mm, something anything yeah. i don't know but I mean, you do make a good case i'm trying to be life, pragmatic but... that, that's it, all it is yeah it's just do you have a striker like volohovic that makes something out of nothing or do you have a Milik, keenan george who they need something and then we just fund that something like a like a, you know top right you know mids and outside backs that just give beautiful service so keen and kyle georgia have no no excuses to not score because you're getting perfect service see i, I kind of disagree with the sentiment of vlahovic creating something out of nothing because i have not seen him do that at all with us 
<laughs> and, and and you know, and that's kind of the yeah. thing where you look at the price tag because so kind of making this more of a logistical approach when it comes to money. Um, the dudes get the dudes' value is seventy five plus bonuses and agent fees, so we paid north of eighty million for this guy. Mm. Um, the thing is, is like that in itself means you come in and you dominate. There is no yeah. if ands or buts. Mm-hmm. But the leeway, the issue is, is he's again he came in 21, 22 years old, came in still pretty fairly green. But yeah. the problem, so the problem about this is, and and I know a lot of people are on the you know have some patience for Dusan, but the issue is, is he was being touted to be p- part of the next big three with Mbappe and Holland. Yeah, it was supposed to be Mbappe, Holland, and Vlahovic. So now it's like, what? what are we going to consider him as? Cause the thing is, is his price tag, his value is putting him up there, but yep. now people are using the, Oh, he's young. He's this, he's that as the excuse where it's like, you took Holland. He went from Leipzig dominated there, went to Dortmund dominated there, went to city Oof, dominated. Yeah. There is another level. And then it's like Mbappe. He went to Monaco dominated, went to PSG made <sighs> Neymar's second fiddle without any difficulty in the world where it's like, you you would expect you'd expect Dusan to essentially go in there and earn that that. Talisman. But I'll be a bad host. I'll be a bad host if I don't bring up the issue of Allegri because millions, millions, of, millions of people, <laughs> millions of listeners right now. Yeah, that's that's numbers that we get. Uh, they're yelling at their radios that you know maybe Allegri is not paying attention to the attacking third. You know, I was just about to ask you guys. Just very briefly, do you think this is down to the player, or do you think it's 100%. down to the coach? I think, think it's 50 I think it's 50 50. Because the I, thing, I th- go ahead, go ahead, Lucas. I was just gonna say, even if it's, it is down to Allegri, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Allegri is our coach, like, and he, mm-hmm. it, there are no talks of him leaving. So, if it is Allegri is the problem, then we have to get rid of Olahovic for sure. Because if like if Allegri's not going anywhere the next two years, mm-hmm. then yeah. we're gonna just sit with this 75 million dollar asset that isn't scoring and we're going to be the laughing stock of Italy that we spent that kind of money. This is not the premier league yeah. that they could go spend that on Jane Sancho and he could be a backup at United and nobody <laughs> like they could tease him, but it's yeah. like, okay, if, if Juventus does that, that's like the premier league spending 150 million on a player and he's not scoring. They're going to get ripped apart at the end of the day. If, if city come banging on our door saying, we're going to give you 80 million, you get a $5 million profit. In the, in the summer, and we saw Vlahovic with Chiesa, Di Maria, and Pogba for one game, and he still didn't score. See, the thing it's is, the reason, the reason why I, I have... I, I have faith. Let's, let's do one, uh, Dash, let's do like yeah. one more minute on Vlahovic, and then we'll got to move you. on. It's just my concern with a lot of people throwing it 100% on Allegri is the Higuain situation. So, like, for example, Higuain coming in back in 2016, I was not a big fan for it when we bought Higuain for $90 million. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be honest with you, because I remembered yeah. him from Copa America, the two Copa Americas, the World Cup final, where, you know, he botched crucial chances. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, God, we got this guy. Like, holy crap. But again, Allegri found a way to make that counterattack with Dybala, Higuain, Mandzukic useful. Like, it's like the thing is, is like, maybe we can say it's past achievements from Allegri and he's, you know, a dinosaur and a fossil now. But that's, I just, I can't, for me as a, from an analytical standpoint, I can't just sit here and say it's 100%. I can't straw man it. Yeah, I there's, agree. 
there's 50% of it that's on Dusan because like, for example, Dusan's late to crosses. Dusan misreads crosses where it's like, for example, the Freiburg goal, Di Maria read that cross and knew where that ball was going to be. And he mm. belted that mm-hmm. in his head. That was, was that was Ronaldo-esque. Yeah. And it's like, Beautiful. where was, and then where was Dusan? Dusan gave up on the run. Like it's, it's one of those things like you gotta, you know, there's some things that he has to do. And then there's some things that Allegri needs to do. Like for example, Allegri needs to figure out, okay, great. Dusan's asset is him scoring on the run. How do I create more opportunities where I can feed him in stride or feed him on the run? That's what Allegri needs to figure out. Dusan needs to figure out how do I get on the same page with Kostic? Cause this guy is dropping me dimes. He's already at double digit assists. So it's like, is he really? What more? Yeah. He's yeah. got 10. That's um, awesome. So, Kostic, Kost- am I right? Yeah, Kostic <laughs> finally made our left flank dangerous. We have not had a left-sided attack for a very long yep. time. So, Evra. and 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 very very long time. Everett was kind of like a little shining uh, shining star. Then uh, uh, Joao Cancelo, but before that, shout-outs to my my buddy Saeed, who runs the LA fan club. He always said our le- like. Um, uh, not the Shilio, the, the the other the DJ guy. The Shelier, pa- Paolo the Shelier. There yeah. you go. That was like <laughs> the last true left back that we had. Alexandra, the poor guy. You know he's struggling on the left side. But yeah, I mean that's it's so funny. Anyways, Paolo there's a couple of things I want. To... Yeah, no man. I think we're still paying him and Marco Mota. Um, oh Jesus! Whoa. And, and Mandragora at this point. Oof. Oh well. Yeah, we're for, uh, oh man. Allegedly, we're paying uh, for by the way, treatments. Oh, Jesus. By the way, I forgot to mention. Please follow us on TikTok. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do something a little. A little oh, man. Tequila is hitting your boy. I'm trying to do. <laughs> you know what? I've never done this podcast drunk, which is awesome. I'm now realizing that we're missing out. Uh, but going back to our questions, what do you guys say about that? So Mike, our buddy Mike at Juventino MC, uh, please follow him. Really good dude. He's asking, let's just limit it to one one answer. Whoever wants to take this one on. Uh, how important uh, do you think Milik's return will be? And before we proceed with the answer, I'd like to mention that in about a week, there will be a new design on TurinGiants.com. Uh, we worked with an awesome Indonesian artist who gave us a uh, an illustration of Milik in a milkman outfit, and he's just delivering uh, <laughs> bottles of milk. That was that was Dash's idea. All I did was contact the artist, but Dash, uh, he's he's a he's a he's a big fan of Milik. So maybe we should let you answer the question. How important do you think his return will be? Very. Done. Next. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Good. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? So, the, fav- the my my favorite part of this question is that when Mike asked that question clearly for us to answer, the the guy uh, Juventino Gianluca just says huge. So apparently, <laughs> those those are my favorite questions for podcasts when other people chime in and just start you know their own thread. Which is, I'm only kidding. You guys can do that, but as long as we answer it on the, on the podcast. So it's huge. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Milik is probably the best finisher on the team um, because, like, for example, Milik can catch it from, like, he's taken balls from behind him, redirected it into the net. Oh, really good read God. on free kicks. Um, <laughs> again, I even, like, for example, the uh, we joked around uh, at the beginning of the season, but the hip thrust goal against Fiorentina where he comes up, literally humps a loose ball into the net. So 
Milik has just an elite level of finishing. Um, Dave and I, when we first heard a great about attitude Milik, on him, uh, great attitude on him too. I like that guy. Yeah. yeah so uh, fun, another to, another another yeah. fun fact. I'm so sorry, Dash. When I saw Piantek, is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. My dumbass thought Piantek and Milik were the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's that is a guy that plays for a different team. They're totally not the same person. But anyways. Yeah, and I'm also Mexico, like uh, you know, we're hanging out. I gotcha. But um I think Millick is also gonna push Deuce on in training because uh again, Millick comes back and Millick plays like how he played prior uh, prior to Dusan's getting benched. Um because right now there isn't really anyone there to challenge Dusan. So with Milik there, I think there's an opportunity for Dusan to step his game up, essentially, because Dusan was playing better when Milik was, you know, active and playing on the pitch. But, uh, you know, guys chime and call me dumb, but I, it's just I think Milik is probably going to be very, very crucial just because the dude knows how to finish. He's he's kind of proved it already. You look at the way that he's playing this season. Um, we were thinking Vlajevic was going to be the guy, and Milik has kind of come in and been Mr. Reliable. You know, like he's, yeah. he's given us leads in games and even the games that we've drawn, he's been the guy that's scored. But I think the only concern that I have with him is that that sort of whole issue with injuries, you know, like yes. it, it's kind of plagued him his whole career. And it was sort of like a like a, a countdown, like a timer to when that was going to happen this season. And you, you kind of thought, okay, when it does happen, it's not going to be something short. It's going to be lengthy, unfortunately. And it, you know, it happened. And this season is it's probably cursed anyway, I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we've been cursed by someone or something, some higher power. I don't know, but yeah, Maradona. Just... <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, probably, probably you know, doctor. Think about it. Though, uh, but think about it though, right? I mean, I'd rather have him have a muscle injury than him sustain a knee injury that he did at Napoli and Marseille. So, yeah, you know, that's true. Quad injury. Speaking, speaking know, of in, just... speaking of injuries, man, when Chiesa went down yesterday, you know, the worst thoughts <laughs> for every every fan. And then when he comes back, and I think Dash, before we started recording, you mentioned that there's there's nothing, right? Yeah. So uh, he went into the J Medical, and uh, this is again Romeo Agresti, and those guys were saying that there is no injury, but he is going to be arrested against Sampdoria. He will not play against Sampdoria, but um, he's being monitored day to day because he planted his foot awkward on one of the uh, attacks against Freiburg, and he said he just felt like uh, discomfort in his knee. Um, surprisingly, um, Di Maria also got out injury free. They just said fatigue, so um, yep. he's going to be out for some. He will, he, yeah, he will also uh, miss that game. That's that's yep. so crazy. Di Maria, I love Di Maria, but tell me, tell me, I'm wrong. Every time he touches the ball and falls down, you think the worst. At 35 yeah. years old, Di Maria <laughs> is not exactly the most muscular guy, uh, but God damn it, do I love Di Maria, right? You know, in my he's, opinion, he's yeah. everything Dybala should have been, became with us as far as, like, clutch, being able to essentially turn the game on his own. Like, I, in my opinion, that's who I hope Dybala would have grown into. I, I still yeah. have a lot of love for Dybala, so I'm, I'm going to just stay <laughs> quiet for the moment because no, you make a really good point, but I, I don't know. I think there were factors outside of what Dybala was doing on the pitch and tactical issues and various other things. And I don't know with Dybala, it just kind of felt uh, like there was a lot that maybe wasn't clear to us fans. And... So let's spend next, yeah. next few minutes talking about the actual game. I think people 
come here expecting we talk about the recent game. So game against Freiburg, uh, like I said, great support, fantastic fans. If yeah. any of you guys are listening, um, you know that is is that the team that went to Camp Nou and like bought no, out half Frankfurt. the Camp Nou? No, oh, okay, yeah, because Frankfurt. I know there was a there was there was uh, there was issues for Freiburg fans because they wanted to buy Juventus assigned seats. Yeah, and they couldn't which, which sucks you. i mean uh give us give us like 30 seconds on yeah, what the problem was so what happened was was uh freiburg fans joined the juventus membership so they paid for the j membership to get tickets in the juventus end however um uefa regulation dictates that away and home fans cannot be intermixed with each other though freiburg purchased the tickets legally um uefa came in uh because juventus noticed hey this is a little bit weird um <laughs> uefa and the authorities kind of came in and was just like no you can't unfortunately you guys can't so they've canceled it and refunded all the freiburg uh supporters tickets that bought in the home section the ones that were purchased mm. through fc freiburg freiburg's official website which was in the away section is uh, valid it's just there's a rule uh in european competitions uh all stadiums have five percent of their seating designated and encased for away supporters for their safety and uh in european competitions player or away fans have to sit in those sections they cannot purchase tickets outside of that section they were incredible look at look at that man speak god damn dash man (laughs) I love you so much. <laughs> that just spewing information. You're the Di Maria of our of our podcast. I try. I try. Off, 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 often injured, but always on point. <laughs> so are we gonna talk about that renewal for me? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, did you guys see? Sorry, just done. quickly. Did you see the the clip at the end? I think someone had recorded some video where the stadium had emptied, and obviously the Freiburg for, um, fans had to wait until everyone else had left. But their support, their uh, players went over to sort of support them, uh, to applaud them, and the noise that they were making from that tiny little away mm-hmm. curva. And I went yeah. back and I watched when we were playing. I think it was Leon when the Juve away supporters went uh, to Leon, and someone had made a similar video of our fans that were in that stadium. And again, the noise that we used to make yeah. used to make was absolutely incredible. It kind of made me sort of nostalgic for those days, but. That's yeah, we should that's we should touch on that. The the atmosphere at the stadium has become has become sad. I mean, there's definitely you know pockets of support. Uh, you hear it, you know, people jumping up and down. But man, comparing to other teams, I just miss that atmosphere. And the ultras uh, boycotted the game yesterday as well, from what I hear. Right? The uh, Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, the but, Vikings. Uh, yeah, they said that they would just be quiet. Mm. And protest. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a perfect game. Man, to do it. Stop protesting. We need, I mean, we've been protesting for five years back and forth. I feel like <laughs> as soon as the support is back at the stadium, the team is going to start going great. Banners, scarves, um, flags waving around. Really miss those times. Um, Mike, I hope that answers your question. I know that was a while ago, but. I think Milik will be very important for us coming back. He's a he's he's definitely a joker in our in our uh, card deck. Moving on to Patrick, go pack, go baby. That's my that's my friend. Uh, <laughs> I should have probably read this before. So Patrick is asking, would you fancy Milik over Flaovic in big games? Sort of a different take on the question, but Rob, what do you think? 
Oh. In we we all know we all know what Lucas will answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think um, I hate to say it at the at the moment, and I have to say that right at the moment, um, Milik just seems like a better fit. He seems more on the same wavelength as all the other players. They all seem to respond better to him. He seems to get into the better positions. He's better at finishing. Um, he even half chances he can kind of bury. And it's that fine line of like, do you want Vlajevic to be in those games and then score a goal and then he suddenly becomes good again? Or do you just want someone that's consistent that can can score goals? And I think right now, as we're getting to the end of the season, I really hate to say it, but I would probably pick a fit Milik over Vlajevic. I don't know if you guys agree. Or... Well, I'm, I am amongst traders. <laughs> Hey man, you gotta you gotta go with Rob. Rob speaks nothing but facts, but you gotta go with him at this point. I mean, you know, that is in his theory, last name, facts. Rob facts. <laughs> Rob facts. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with him right now. Right now, from what we've seen on the eye test, Milik has shown more. I mean, you know, if we're going off of potentials and hopefuls, then yeah, Vlahovic will win. But right now, hope and potential, we can't use hope as a strategy in this because we're in a pickle this season. You know, according to some of the documents, it looks like we might get the 15 points back just, you know, from technicalities and some other things. But, you know, we need goals badly because um, yeah. Freiburg showed us, dude, we had so many chances, double digit shots and Vlahovic wasn't able to get any any of those. So we need someone that can put those in the net. And it's not a bad yeah, well, problem of... to have. Yeah, it's to be you know, having top strikers and one starts over the other, it could be the opposite end where we have no one else but Vlahovic, you know. Yeah. Dash, let me ask you a question. Do you, uh, what's your go-to website to see the ratings and, and you know, match facts and stuff? Because I'm on whoscore.com <clears throat> and I'm reading the comments. So they're not really reliable as far as. Um, uh, so Dave and I, Dave and I use FopMob. So I have it pulled up on your guys' Fopmob. screen. Is that a, do they have a website? Because I have the app, but I don't know if they have a website. Also. Yeah, they oh, do. Awesome. So we'll do that next time. But for now, I'm looking at uh, whoscored.com. We played with 3511. Di Maria got the highest rating, 9.0. Just it's wild. Uh, Vlaovic, 6.7. Uh, Chesney, 6.4. I don't know what Chesney did to piss off whoscored.com, but uh, I, thought he, I mean, he didn't really much have much to do. Uh, Alexandro leaving the game again uh, super early. Uh, I guess the age is catching up with him. Miretti, what do you guys think of Miretti? He kind of disappeared this game, didn't he? Yeah, but he's been out for a while with an ankle injury, so yeah. he, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have high expectations from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys th- Rav, your, your, um, your thoughts on the game itself, kind of? Uh, and we'll, then we'll go to Lucas because he's our formation guy. Um, but I want you to tell me how you felt during the game. I think after those opening minutes, I felt confident, which I haven't felt in a while. It was like that we were taking the game to them and it was sort of, okay, this is Juventus. This is Interim. Uh, you need to be you know, sort of ready for what we're going to bring to you. And they, they really did that. They took the game to them. There were chances. They were playing slightly more fluid less static there were so many chances we created like um dash was saying that we we just wasted numerous chances we should have really won it like three nil or something like that it's encouraging i think it, it's a it's a something to build on as we go into the sort of the, the the crunch part of the season i'm not 
having any expectations about us winning the Europa League and I'm trying to really be grounded like when you and I used to talk about you know Champions League it was like okay first game yeah we're gonna win this <laughs> we're gonna win this yeah. oh I mean trouble <laughs> our first oh our first podcast of the season is always uh trouble coming <laughs> exactly and this time around I'm, I'm like okay just take it a game at a time see what happens uh I think it's going to be far more intimidating over there so it would have been better to be going into that game with at least a two game lead uh two game two goal lead but at the same time it was i I was encouraged i was encouraged it was it was a good performance by the end of the game luckily their goal didn't count di maria and and chiesa weren't injured thank god uh sandra going off was weirdly a a real bummer (laughs) because he's been kind of good which is you know the truth of it but yeah i i would just take it a game at a time i'm i j- just to kind of put it into like a kind of microcosm i'm taking everything in relation to juventus one day one game at a time with what's happening behind the scenes on the pitch i'm not getting carried away with any expectations about things being good or bad i'm just taking it game at a time day at a time yeah well a couple of couple of stats here total shots 20 shots from ua against one <laughs> which was the which was the goal that was um but when they scored you just felt like i i had i before they started checking var i started typing you you knew the goal was coming because that's juve's achilles heel when we get when we get scored on when we concede it feels like we are fine with it and that's my problem with allegri we don't have a we don't have that killer mentality, which sucks because I'm used to Juve being the team uh, players, uh, the team other teams are scared of. Unfortunately, not the you know not the case anymore. Um, uh, I thought Rabiot did really good. Cuadrado last couple of games, he's uh, turned on the you know t- turned the years back, and he's been kicking butt running around, you know, both in offense and defense. So shout-outs to him. You know, Cuadrado, we've made uh, a lot of fun of him throughout the years, but he seems to be peaking at the right time, and, you know, March is super important for us. Uh, Dash, I got to step up for one minute. Would you, uh, will you read the next question for us, please? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. All righty, so... Next question uh, coming in from Lindsay. So Lindsay is saying or asking, uh, guys, what player does Fajoli most remind you of? And do you think he'll reach the same level of greatness as said player? So Rav, take it away. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, which which kind of Juventus supporter player that came up through the Primavera does he remind me of? It, it's kind of obvious for me. It He feels like similar to Marquisio, he's he's not he's not a regista he's not someone that's going to sit deep he's someone that likes to get forward like Marquisio used to do he's kind of a more of a sort of a box-to-box type player he scores goals he likes to create he likes to play on the front foot he's he's kind of like I suppose kind of a mezzala he's he's sort of more in that mold um will he achieved that same level of sort of greatness and Marquisio won a lot I think a lot of people used to watch Marquisio and go I, I don't know what he does but he's very good at doing it he just he kind of seems to fit in and play anywhere in midfield and give Juve a lot of energy and I think Fajuli has that I think he has that kind of ability to sort of play 
I think in time he'll be able to play in more than one role. He'll be able to create, he'll be able to score goals, he'll be able to set up other players. Um, I think it's just too early at the moment to say if he'll achieve the same amount of success that Marquisio did, winning as many titles as he did. But that's the kind of player that, that springs to mind for me. I, I don't know if it's the same for you guys. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, you know, the interesting thing, Rob, is uh, so Beppe, Dave and Beppe and I were covering um, some Fajoli because it was his birthday when we were streaming on Twitch for Juve. And uh, Juve gave us a lot of Fajoli clips um, since, you know, the under 14s, the under 19s and the under 23s. Oh, wow. Fajoli, um, when, when we were watching it to get ready for the show, uh, we saw Fajoli play as a left winger, a right winger and a center forward a lot. In wow. Primavera. So, uh because the thing is, is like I've always wondered. Because um, again, I didn't research Fajoli that much until you know we started working for Juve. Uh, Fajoli was a really offensive player coming up through the youth system, so it yes. makes sense where you look at yeah. a lot of his passes, where the ball comes, uh, essentially how he knows where to place the ball. Uh, like for example, even the goal he scored against, uh, I believe it was Lecce, the uh, Del Piero goal that he got yeah. top bins. Yeah. But Joey's got a lot of experience playing on that top end, and that makes him a very good attacking midfielder for sure. Uh, again, he is being compared to Marquisio. I think his passing is almost like Pirlo. If you look at Fajoli, some of the passes he can drop, it's almost Pirlo-esque. But for me, I, I can't see him as one player. I think he's just his style is just like a mixture of players. Like for me, it's not even a Juve player. Like he kind of reminds me of a De Boiner as far as, as an attacking midfielder goes, where he can read the offensive play. He can set up passes. He can fill in gaps in the offensive line. Again, is he going to be like De Boiner? You know, only time to tell. But he, he's got the. We we got to get him a better number though. Forty four. It's just terrible to look at. What What do you guys think his next number will be? Twenty one. I think he wants eight. Because <laughs> usually right. when you get forty four, it's you know four plus four is eight. Like how Mario Balotelli would get do forty five because nine was taken by. Uh, uh, someone at Inter, so he did four plus five. So, yeah, players, you might just look at number eight. Because I feel yeah. like your your you know your sales your shirt sales go way up when you get a normal number. Yeah, well, of course. Oh yeah, I don't think anyone's wearing eight. I, I'm I'm not buying a forty four. Yeah, it was McKenney, but he left. So. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. There you go. Uh, what which, do you think? Which Lucas? questions did you guys Sorry. go with? Uh, what uh Rami what or does Fajoli remind yeah. you of? So yeah, for yeah. for me, Honestly. yeah, no, Fajoli, he was a weird, weird case two seasons ago because he played a lot of cam and higher up on those wing areas and was more an, an offensive player. And usually that's how it usually goes with young players anyway, because then they're less of a liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you saw him come in the summer with Allegri in his first season, and you saw Moretti playing like above Fajoli, and Fajoli was playing as a six at, at times in the preseason games, which really confused me because uh, I, I talked a lot about Fajoli with friends for a long time. Um, and he idols like Dybala, Del Piero, some of those guys, and he had a nice shot and very strong and progressive passing and technical prowess that you only saw of tan- uh, Spanish players. So it was weird seeing him at a six. Um, then he went out on loan to Cremonese and he played higher up the field. And you saw Moretti kind of play more of this eight. And then fast forward to this season, you see Moretti playing above Fajoli, which is strange because to me, Moretti's more of that Marquisio 
can kind of put in that tackle. He could be box to box. He could play a six. He could play an eight. You don't really know what he's good at, but he's got that like grinta. Where Fajoli to me was a little more technical and resembles for me personally more of like a shabby like this. He's a six. He's an eight. He he could do both, and he has this beautiful ball that he could send it and be a playmaker as well. So for me, I don't think he is any resemblance of a, of a Juve player. I think he's going to be a, like a Juve legend type where people, an architect, a, 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 a player that is a new mold of his own. Like I think Fajoli his own thing yeah. where I don't see Moretti being his own mold. I think he's going to follow under suit of somebody. Um, He'll be uh, Miretti is more like a workhorse, and uh, Fajoli is the one that will give us nice uh, highlight reels, right? I think he'll be the first of something new. Um, the only other player possibly that I could think of is like a Zidane, but I don't, I don't see him being a Zidane. But that's asking so much of a player. But he resembles that role of if you're playing a four-four-two diamond, he's playing under the two. I really think, I really do. Um, you give him a free role and the guy works. He he does it. He does it all. And he's very exciting to watch for sure. Isn't it yeah. great to have a youngster that that we can actually kind of everyone's sort of behind and just kind of willing that he becomes a success. We, it's been a while since we've had that. So that's well, one positive from this season. Good he, news for you. We've got multiple. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> that's he, very he, true. Re- he reminds me of of what Pogba kind of was when he first started, where you had to wait till someone like Pirlo left and some other players left to have Pogba kind of really shine. And it's like when Pogba eventually leaves us now in let's say two or three years to retire, whatever. And Fajoli becomes that main guy in the midfield. We're very lucky if that works out a 25 year old and his prime Fajoli just box to box controlling it. Yeah. We'll be very lucky for sure. That kind of feels like the dream, you know, like we, I don't know, fast forward sort of, two three years from now and all those kind of fringe players that are on high salaries have all left and we got three guys that came through the Juve youth setup that are all you know like doing numbers and playing games and just reliable and there's no real ceiling to what they will achieve with us that yeah I could I can dream you know <laughs> it'd be amazing hey Locatelli Moretti Fagioli so moving, so we're gonna transition real quick to the. Well, just, just sorry, sorry, Dash. Just uh, sorry, I was, I was away. Um, just to finish that, Juventus and their fans, we're we're such big fans of symbolism, and they're, we're we're always driven by that uh, Juventus grinta, and we're we worship players who, and many other clubs do, but at Juve, even players coming in, they always say how immediately they feel what it's like to play for Juventus. And for us to have those young kids, uh, quote-unquote, thanks to COVID, kind of come up because <laughs> we needed uh, reinforcements, yeah. it's just so wonderful to see. Fagioli right now, we see him in the starting lineup, and it's like, oh, my God, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, next thing you know, he's a, you know, he's a per- perennial starter. Uh, Miretti, he's got, you know, I think Fagioli is kind of above them all. But there's definitely some strong, strong youth uh, coming up in Juve ranks. And I've always wanted to see that. It, it sucks that it took a pandemic for that to happen. But I feel like for Juve, for the team, for the fans, it's so important to have that, you know, symbolism of a, of a 
you know, youth player who knows what it's like to play for Juve. And I'm really excited to see. But of course, Lucas will sell them all next season, but it's good to see them <laughs> while That's they're funny. still available. <laughs> all right. So kind of moving into the question by Rami transitioning to that, because um, he's saying Fajoli aside, I think we've talked about this at the beginning, who's the most promising youngster on the books and on loan, um, as well as the Dusan question, because he says Dusan needs all sort of luck, but does he stay next season? Is he gone? I think we've pretty much uh, touched on that but two questions that he also asks in his statement that we haven't really covered so the first one is Di Maria aside who is the one Juventus player or the one player Juve can't do without right now and then the last question is going to be if Juventus win Copa or Europa do you keep Max so whoever wants to take this first one you, it's a two-parter so we can just keep it brief because we are over the 60 minutes uh, a lot over 60 minutes but yeah go ahead uh, I would say outside of, um, uh, what's his name? It's already gone out of my head. I think Di Maria. <laughs> the, Di Maria, yeah. Uh, the other most important player is probably for me, because I'm slightly biased, someone like uh, Bremba or Danilo. I think the defense has been so important this season. Yeah. Uh, and with regards to Max, if he wins the Copa, would I keep him? Probably not. Uh, and if he wins Europa League, would I keep him? Maybe. But that's like a whole other discussion. I feel like that's a whole hour long podcast all by itself. So I'll keep it brief. I gotcha. Go ahead, Lucas or Farhad. I, I, I was going to say Bremer. rock, paper, scissors. Are you guys shy? No. <laughs> Bremer uh, for sure. I am. For I am. Sure. I'm an, of no use to you right now. <laughs> um, I, I think besides uh, Dean Murray, I think Bremer's had a fantastic season and, the other player I would say is already out the door, which is Rabio. I think he said it. A, a very, very good season contract year, Rabio. But uh, I think Bremer and Di Maria are the guys for sure next season that we cannot let go. Uh, Chiesa as well, but he just hasn't had a good season because of injuries, of course. So, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Danilo. I think Danilo is probably the most crucial player before everyone like loses their mind on me. Um, because, oh gosh, Wish I need some will. content. Yeah, they will. I've seen some content creators are like, oh my gosh, you're we're banter club because everyone's rating Danilo. Like, dude, the thing is, is like the reason why I appreciate Danilo is he's a non-Italian that when the club was in absolute shambles in October, um, especially with Benucci getting hurt, he stepped up and said, hey, let me keep you all together. Let's just focus in on this, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know how. Listen, man, nothing, nothing, nothing. Get, to, to your point, I'm going to interrupt as always. Brazilian players are not the most loyal players. So exactly. for someone to to become a UVA captain, props to him. I got nothing. I got no problem with the vanilla. But go ahead, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. No. And, and that's pretty much my argument is like you have again, Danilo was only there for two years, came in 2019 and 2020 and 2021, three, four years where he's that again, he's that in love with the club. And, you know, some folks can sit there and make the argument that, you know, Danilo has been corporified. He's corporate UVA. That's why. But the dude loves the club. He's willing to sit there and step up because how many of us were expecting Danilo to take a leadership role this season? Nobody was. And again, it was going to be Bonucci and probably Cuadrado or Sandro because those two have been there forever. Not Danilo. City, so, City and Real Madrid reject becomes a Juve captain, you know, in the tough time for the club. Yes, it's, it's easy to captain. It's easy <clears throat> to captain a team when we're doing well. Mm. So it, I was not, just going to say, but, look at his performance yesterday. He was, I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah. And this is a this is a player 
you heard Rabio saying it too. I got to be a leader this season, blah, blah, blah. But there's a difference of Danilo and Rabio in the sense of Danilo has played for Santos, which is an icon for Brazil. He's played for Porto, which is an icon for Portugal. He went to Real Madrid and City. Real Madrid is a team that I love Juve, but Real Madrid is higher than Juve. There's no bias. So they're they're the gold standard. Yeah. And then you have City, who's who's cemented themselves over the last 10 years. So for him to still come here and respect us when we're at a low point and say, look, I'm going to put you on my back. And I just came from Real Madrid and City. That's that's a big deal. Opposed to, like I said, a Rabio said, I'm going to put you on my back. That's great. I, I love to hear it. But hearing it from Danilo, it's like, okay. I want to bury the Real Madrid Manchester City reject um, sediment or argument once and for all because, like, the thing is, is you look at who replaced him at Real Madrid, it's Carvajal, arguably one of the best right backs behind Dani Alves. Um, The guy is an absolute beast at a right back at Real. Um, You look at Manchester City, Joe Cancelo. Again, everyone's touting Joe Cancelo to be this wizard at right back. So it's like, People make it sound like he's a reject because he got, you know, replaced by Dechilio. Like he didn't get replaced by the Spanish Dechilio or the British Dechilio. He got arguably by generational right backs. So I, I just don't understand the sediment of who you know, starts for Brazil and was a winner and is still a winner. Yeah, and uh, he before. starts for Brazil. So I, yeah. I just don't understand the disrespect that Danilo gets. But yeah, that's my I was, thought. I was just going to say also for a player who who went out. Um, who Cancelo left, and obviously Cancelo, from what I, what we've seen, has maybe got some issues with you know like wanting to play frequently, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, playing out right back, Danilo came to Juve and played right back, right wing back. Pirlo said, "Can you play in midfield?" He said, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that." And then they said, "Right, can you play as a centre back?" He said, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that." Can you be the vice captain? Sure, always there, always reliable, always someone that will isn't going to kick up a fuss, isn't going to be a diva and say, right, no, no, I want to play this position. I want to do this. I want to do that. He's like, look, I'm at the disposal of, of the team. I'll do whatever is needed. So, yeah. yeah. That's what him. you need. That's what you need as, out of a captain. You need a For guy sure. that's willing to sit there and be like, hey, I got this. Hey, I'll step in this. Hey, I got you yeah. here. Yeah, it's, you know, you can't, uh, it's just one of those things where it's just, I think, as, as Juventini sometimes are spoiled with those nine years where you just have, bbc you have buffon as well and it's just like you look at it where everyone kind of like looks at him lightly like oh this guy's just nothing but a reject i'm like dude come on man how many times have we taken teams rejects and turn them into gold like for example what's pogba a manchester united reject when we brought him in like yeah. kingsley coleman a psg are, reject. are you a reject if you played at real madrid and yeah. won and at city and got a great contract and won titles with them like Opposed to, like you said, right, Pogba, I'm, so, who I'm was sorry 18. I said reject. <laughs> <laughs> he was 18 but, and we took him away. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just kind of that stuff where I've just, I've seen that argument consistently. And I'm like, guys, man, we got to stop that narrative. But uh, I answered that first question. I got to answer the second one, the uh, Max situation. So I, Max Allegri for me is one of the most like awkward or really weird situations to be in right now. And it's like, for example, and I'm not going to sit here and say Max is, you know, an amazing coach and we should keep him and, you know, all the success he's done. Max has his faults. But like, for example, when I'm looking at a coaching change, I'm looking at it financially and I'm also looking at it from the state of the club, whether or not it's a healthy thing. Because like I've seen the Deterbis, I've seen the Italianos, I've seen the Conte, I've seen all of these rumors and stuff. And it's like I look at it and I look at Zidane as well and I look at it and I'm like, 
and I'm going to keep it brief because we could talk for three hours, but I just don't see a change regardless of uh, like if Juve won the Copa or if they don't win the Copa or the Europa, like I don't see it because the problem is, is if you bring in a Zidane, you bring in a Conte, you're still financially tied. You're still, unless they just somehow find, you know, spark in the water or they're able to just get something and get it rolling. But again, that's still a roll of the dice for me as a fan. If I'm changing something, I need to know for sure if this is going to happen or not. Like if it's going to work. Seriously, who who wants to who wants to have Conte back? Like with his European record. A lot record, of people. Who wants to people. who wants to hear him? Yeah, I'm We're sure. We're already having problems with the, say, with Rob, our own fans. The tw- like Rob, you're on Twitter more than all of us. I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. plenty of people. I I think I did a poll about <laughs> a day ago or something, and <clears throat> I think uh, I said who wants to replace uh, Allegri with Conte, and I think. 30% of people still said yes. There are a significant amount of people. It was the same day that Spurs lost, but I, I don't know. I, I would, I don't think we should be looking back. I think we should be looking at someone like Igor Tudor, who is. Yeah. Conte, totally Conte is the guy. Conte is the guy that will take your team from okay to good, and then he'll leave. He will never get you to excellent. Yeah, and Conte needs a break for football. But respect for Conte for what he's so. done, but he's he's a guy to rejuvenate your club, but mm. cannot go further than that, unfortunately. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, and with Zidane and Allegri, I think, and people are going to go crazy on this one, but I think they're similar in a sense of where they're managers, where yes. you know they're tacticians, they're you know let me adjust this, let me do this, let me do that, but they have to have an end product because, like for example, for me. The season that I really, really like look at Zidane is his second stint at Madrid, not his first original stint where he three-peated. Because the thing is, is it's a post-Ronaldo. It's, you know, Benzema, Vinny Jr. kind of coming into the scene. You still have, you know, some foundational pieces, but you kind of need to reinvent the re- the wheel. And when you look at that Real Madrid in La Liga, they essentially pulled Allegri-esque wins. Ugly football, but still managed to win 1-0-2-1. And, and the thing is, is like, and uh, the reason why I left again was, again, the board's not giving him what he wants or he's not getting full backing. So that tells me that, like, there is parallelisms with Allegri and Zidane where I don't think both of them have the capability of building a team from the ground up. Um, and, and that's my thoughts on that. Or, like, for example, if you have a Conte that builds your team up, then you give it to a Zidane or an Allegri or an Ancelotti that essentially makes it work. The only thing I was going to really quickly add was that I think Conte and certain other coaches like Guardiola and, and various others are obsessed with like the mechanics and the mechanisms of football and tactics and formation and drilling these players and they live it like 24-7. They get angry in press conferences. Allegri is a guy with a few exceptions, I think maybe this season, but he's a guy who coaches a team. He never throws his players under the bus and then he switches off from football. It's like, okay, that's it. Now this is done. And dust it. He's not someone that kind of obsesses. He doesn't have a formation that he's like, right, I have to play 3-5-2. I have to play 4-4-3. He's like, okay, this is who I've got fit. This is how I'm going to make it work. And in the past, quite often, he's he's managed to do that. So, I, And I think that works in his favor. Same with Zidane as well. Uh, Allegri, Allegri, tried to, Allegri tried to throw Higuain out of the bus once, but he didn't fit. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he became the bus. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful how you mention it about Guardiola and Conte, where they eat, breathe, and sleep tactics mm-hmm. and stuff. But those two are the guys that always outcoach themselves. Like that, yeah. that's the irony of it is it's like for me, it's like 
you know, all respect to Tuchel, but like the fact that like Guardiola got out coached by Thomas Tuchel like still blows my mind. Cause like, like you Tuchel, say he overthought it. Yeah. That and, was a great and, final. And, and, and yeah. And the same thing too, like we can talk about recent as well. Like in my opinion, I don't think Stefano Pioli is like an amazing coach, but like the fact that he mm-hmm. out coached Conte with a yeah. very, very poor Milan side. So it's like, you know, shocking. It, it is. And, you know, and that also proves that Kulusevsky is not as great as all the Premier League fans are saying, but I still hope that Tottenham buys them. But <laughs> please, do we still do we still own him too? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Oh my lord! <laughs> so yeah, because the thing is, is like the first se- the only person that we liquidated was Bentancur. But like the reason why I started getting nervous because when I saw the first game, because that was the first time I saw Kulusevsky was when I was watching Milan versus Tottenham. I was like, oh, God, he's playing just as bad as he did with us. I'm like, please tell me they're going to keep this guy. And then it's like I look at him. He's regularly starting in that front three with Son and Kane and only has like two goals for the season. And I'm like, oh, God, they're going to send this guy back. It's pretty bad. I hate to say it. If if anyone Mm -hmm. really wants to have Conte back, just like I said, I hate to say it, but go and watch what he's done at Spurs. That guy all over his face is just written. I need a season away from football. I need to go back to Italy and be with my family and get healthy again and recover, not it's, coach another team. And scout 200 players like Allegri did. <laughs> Supposedly Sorry, what he boys. did in his time off. Yeah. I think this might be the end of our journey yeah. here. I, I have a couple so, of things to mention. Um, we're, we're good, Dash. You want to you yeah, end here? Uh, I think we've got all the questions. I do want to just give some breaking news that just kind of came up. So uh, this isn't a Juve squad, but this is just kind of interesting just due to the lack of media coverage. But Barcelona has been officially charged with referee <gasps> corruption. Yep. Whoa, they have been formally yeah. charged for paying referees, allegedly from the time frame 2001 to 2018. So it's not Can really get all over the place. Give us that Champions League title back, please. Yeah, yes. <laughs> 2015, Dude, baby. That I mean, was us. I mean, those. The, I don't know if it would happen in the Champions League, but those fouls against us in the final. God damn it, Dani Alves just fucking manhandling Pogba. Maybe, maybe we'll get a little bit of. Uh, so uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just waiting for Barcelona to get minus 15 points. Uh, so you know, just let me know when that happens. That's wild. Because you know, and that's uh, little, the irony of it. Is heat off of us. They're formally charged. We weren't formally charged. It's the so, Super League. That's wild. Going after everybody that wanted to do the Super League. Yeah. Get the tinfoil hats on. Yeah, Super boys. Su- <laughs> su- Super League is a whole other uh, topic for a podcast. Boys, Dash, Lucas, Rob, you guys are so awesome. Let's let's cheer one one last time. Cheers, boys. Sorry, I made Cheers. a fool of myself that, a couple is, times here. Cheers. Is, is that, your, is that that's oh, a sixth glass? You okay? <laughs> have, have Have you ever seen Have you ever seen that meme where the girl says tequila, and it says the only way to pronounce tequila is when you, with with a gagging reflex? So, cheers, boys. Tequila up. Cheers, man. I'm, I'm just waiting for Farah to tell us in the WhatsApp chat. He's like, guys, how many glasses did I drink? I just got my room service bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all inclusive, baby. Um, nice boys. Always, I, I wish we could keep going. This was so much fun. Last couple of things I want to mention is Juventus schedule, as always. Uh, Juventus Sampdoria, we play at home on March 12th, Sunday, and then following Thursday, the game against Freiburg. By no means is this tie done. I mean, 2 0 maybe, but this will be a cracker. I can't imagine they lay down with, with the support that they're about to get at their home stadium. So hopefully our fans show up a little bit and uh, 
uh, offset that a little bit. And finally, before the international break, uh, Sunday, March 19th, Inter Juventus at at the Miazza. It'll be amazing. Uh, everybody who sent their questions, we appreciate you guys. Dash, thanks for running this one for me. Um, Shoutouts to top 10 cities that listen to us. I'm sorry if I'm going to screw it up, most likely. I couldn't pronounce it sober, but a city in Denmark called Bagsvaird. And then Riyadh, a perennial top 10 listener in Saudi Arabia. San Juan Capistrano, Santa Ana, California. Perth, Australia. I, I, I know we got a shout out in on YouTube, uh, the fact that we shouted them out. Melbourne, Australia, number six. Uh, number five, I apologize. College Park, After Dark, Sydney, Australia, number three. Macomb, USA, and Muscat, Oman. Again, with the number one spot. I don't know who it is. I think they forgot to turn <laughs> off their SoundCloud. Keeps, keeps recording that. <laughs> but we appreciate you either way. Uh, Lucas, Dash, Rob, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this uh, a little bit. We went a little off the rails, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Have a good rest of your day. We'll we'll be back after the game uh, against Freiburg, I believe. We'll discuss that one. Hopefully, we'll be in the quarterfinals of the Europa League by then. Wow. Stay hydrated. Check on your friends. And Forza Juve. Thanks, boys. Forza Juve.